and welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you are joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It is because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. Again, we are so excited to get ready to hear a powerful message from God's Word. Blessings to you. This series is, is all about finding your identity in Christ. We're calling it Selfie. We're having fun with it, but... But the thing that I want you to walk away with this week and next week as we end this series is not a fun time, but that you can truly know who you are because I believe one of the biggest problems in life is that we leave places hoping to talk somebody into stuff, but having no idea what we really believe about ourselves and about the one that we serve, which is Jesus. Because if you're here in church, you're at least interested in the idea of Jesus or maybe you got tricked to go to lunch later, but don't worry about that part. We're glad that you're here, even if that's you. But you're at least interested in the idea of Jesus. So make sure you put hashtag four point selfie and then chains fail. Praise Jesus. But this whole series is kind of around the idea of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say in Christ. Anyone is in Christ, meaning fixed in, established in. That old part of you is gone is what this says, and the new has come, not because of what you did. It literally has nothing to do with what I do, and it's everything to do with what he's done. And so whenever I get stuck in my old ways, there's a reason for that. And it's because I might even think for a little bit that I'm, that I'm new in Christ, but I struggle in my own self to really accept all that that is. And so, so today we're going to hit this even harder. We're going to go another layer deep. We're going to take another scoop out, but we're just going to continue in our story in Colossians. But the title of today's message is Managing My Selfie. Everybody say that out loud. Say Managing, Managing. My, selfie. my Selfie. And that might sound silly to y'all, but as we begin to break this down today, I think it's going to open some eyes. This one's actually... A little bit of a scoop deeper, but it's pretty simple in nature. Here's the reality. It is easy for me to try to manage your selfie, and it's a lot easier for me to try to manage you than it is me. Do y'all understand what I'm saying when I say that? Because, because I can see your problems, and I can fix your problems. Somebody said, I got 99 problems, but you ain't one. Like, I, I, you don't have to tell me what my problems are, but, but here's the reality. I don't want to know what my problems are because then I got to do something about it. So it's easy for me to look at you and tell you why everything's wrong. And here's what I think the biggest problem in life is, is, is we love to throw our opinion into the ring. But we, we choose to do so most of the time without identifying where and what and who the person really is. We just want them to change to be like us. And whenever I do that, I'm putting my baggage that just got broken in Jesus' name, praise the Lord, but we put our chains in their lives. And the reason we live with so much difficulty is because we haven't managed our own selfies, so we try to manage yours. And it's this crazy, chaotic world that we live in. If y'all never watch the news, then God bless you for that. 
Because it is never good news, y'all. It's sad. And even when it's not self-inflicted like what's going on in Houston and in the panhandle and down around Texas today, it, it's devastating. I, I just read before I came out here that Houston got, um, areas of Houston got 14 inches in seven hours overnight. Y'all, that's a lot of rain, man. I mean, they're devastated. They rescued 1,000 people from homes that were having to hide in their attics overnight. And it's only going to get worse because that thing's not moving. It's a tropical storm now, but it's stuck. And even when it's not man doing it to other men or women doing it to other women, people doing it to people, it's still devastating and sad. And so we immediately try to put ourselves in their situation. But y'all, the church is unhealthy because we haven't, we haven't grasped who we are in Christ. So we tell them how bad they are and tell them how to fix it without really accepting, quote, the fix in our own lives. Because I'm not your fix. Matter of fact, Leah should be in here right now because she would have said amen to y'all. Because I love to point out everybody's problems. But the mirror is my best friend if I'll actually listen to the flaws and to what I'm supposed to be in Christ. And so I want to give you today three reasons why we stay stuck. And I don't even know if I really like the word stuck because it can get a little frustrating and monotonous because y'all have heard messages about this before, right? You've heard people talk about, he got stuck and I just feel stuck in my life. I'm stuck in my job. I look at it like this. I don't know if y'all ever look at your lives like this, and this y'all might just never come back because you're going to think I'm crazy in just a second. But, but I just think about the hamster wheel and how that poor little hamster's in this little thing and he's got that weird feeding thing. Y'all, have y'all ever seen a hamster? Like, I don't know why they drink out of those things. It's weird. It's like a big straw. It's like... Y'all are getting inside my head today. <laughs> Their Slurpee never runs out. But, but then they get on the hand and they're, it's like, bless their hearts. And we kind of feel sorry for them until we evaluate our own lives. Because some of y'all can look at your jobs and you think, there's no way out and I'm stuck. Some of you look at your homes and you think, my kids are always going to be like this. My wife is always, my husband's always, my, my, my mom and dad are always, this is always going to be this way and I'm stuck. And we, all, we have the tendency to evaluate circumstances and let that dictate how we are. Instead of evaluating Christ in us and letting that dictate our circumstances. I get to tell my circumstances what things are going to be like. If people put demands on me, I get to look at them and say, I love you with the love of the Lord, but I tell you what, check yourself before you wreck yourself, bro. I'm going to do mine. And, and that comes across so arrogant, y'all. But the reality is the arrogance is letting you decide for me because I begin to believe that if I do what you want me to do, then you'll love me. And if I do that, I'll begin to hold you with the same accountability. Well, I did this for you, so you better love me. And it's why we find ourselves in the place that we're in, and it's why we find ourselves stuck. So look at what Colossians chapter 2 says. And I'm using the message today because I just love how it reads. Starting in verse 16, it says, So don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details of diet and worship services or holy days. The English standard says, the, like, the Sabbath and keeping it holy. That does not mean that that's not one of the Ten Commandments or that we should throw it out. It means that if you have held Sunday as the old Saturday, and you think that I shouldn't go out to eat today because somebody had to work, and you decide that I'm bad if I don't, 
This Bible says to not put up with that and to do my thing in Christ, to be comfortable in my own skin in Christ. And that was one example. There's many. Or holy days or any of these other types of things or the way that you like it. And isn't that what we do, y'all? There's a certain way that we like it. Can I just say this? The reason that segregated churches are so popular that we branch off is because we've said this. I don't like the way they worship. Can y'all talk out loud with me today and not let me be naked up here by myself? They eat stuff that's different than I do. It's, it's weird. I don't know why they like that hip-hop. Well, I like that hip-hop and not that country. Y'all know that about me. Sad country music that y'all like. But you know what? Listen to me. Don't let me pressure you into not liking it. Did y'all hear what I said? I do like some smart water. I'm just telling y'all. All those things are mere shadows. And we get so bogged down in the shadow of the thing that's not even real. We celebrate shadows. It ain't even real. Cast before what was to come, the substance is, somebody say it out loud. The substance, the body, the thing that really matters on this planet is nothing but Christ. And the moment that I start majoring on the little is the moment that I begin to succumb to the pressures of the world that they want us to have. And so point number one that I want y'all to know is we allow these outside pressures to control us. Somebody say control. Control. It is not a matter of just, ah, it's no big deal. Because if we can be honest with ourselves for just a minute, here's the reality. And here's how you know if you're being controlled. If before you're about to do something, you think to yourself, am I going to offend them? Do I need to say that again? If before I'm about to do something, I think about one of you. But I feel conviction in my own heart from Christ to do something. I've allowed you to decide for me what my own convictions are, which means I have no convictions at all. If you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, then here's a word of advice from your pastor who loves you deeply. Keep your mouth shut. Because there's no weight behind your words if you don't believe it. And here's the thing that's so funny. Because we refuse to look at ourselves and look at everybody else, everybody knows that you don't have conviction about what you're saying. Here's why we say certain things, y'all. I'm going to preach today, and if y'all aren't ready, then you can just... We say certain things so that we make people happy. Like, let's just be real about the, so, the media. I, I read this this week, and I laughed out loud and wanted to throw up. What happened in Charlottesville was disgusting, and that's not from the media or the social media. That's from the pastor in my heart. I'm disgusted. Disgusted. I'm disgusted by the hate. I'm disgusted by the whole thing. I'm disgusted how under the umbrella of Christianity, there's a group that could call themselves that, and then they hate. I, I'm disgusted by it. But, listen, ESPN decided that they were real smart. Because they, of any organization in the world, they succumb to pressure as much as anybody. They fire people if they sneeze. Oops, they sneezed and it offended the Hispanic community. What? What does that even mean? And they're so worried about what everybody else thinks. I'm not making this up. Y'all can look it up for yourselves. That Virginia's first home game, Virginia, UVA, is in Charlottesville, Virginia. They decided to not let an Asian American 
This dude is Asian American. Name Robert Lee. He can't go now and call the game even though he was scheduled to call the game because it could offend somebody. He's Asian! <laughs> Y'all, for real. It's not the general that came back. <laughs> I just looked at that and I went, ESPN, that might be a little bit far. Holy moose. <laughs> yes, moose or meese when there's more than one can be holy. I'm just like, are you for real? I thought about it like this, and y'all might think I'm crazy, but just think about it with me. Let's say that I was walking down the road, because I'm not smart enough for this, so I'm just going to pretend in my story I can do whatever I want, so y'all just go with me. And I look down, and there's this weird plant, and I dig up the plant, and underneath the plant, there's this stuff. And in the stuff is the cure for cancer. Woo! Everybody would go nuts, right? And then I make the decision of what I'm going to do with it, Okay? So in my heart, I say, I think the right thing to do is to mass produce this and not charge anything. Most of the public perception will be he's the man. Look how giving he is. And there will be a, there will be a pretty good-sized group, but not the majority, that would think, what an idiot. People would blog about it. He did good. People would blog about it. What a moron. He should have made a billion dollars. The drug industry would get mad at me because they would think to themselves, we can't mass produce this on the level that it should be because you didn't produce it. And, and because you didn't charge, we can't give it away. And, and you did this wrong. And then this other group, if I chose to do a billion dollars because, hey, it was mine, I found it, and it's all good, right? It was on my property, it's all good. But, but if I chose to make a billion, this is what people would say. Are you kidding me? That's saving lives. And you would choose to, to, to become a billionaire instead of give it away? Can y'all see how that no matter what decision I would make, if I found the cure for cancer, that there would be millions of people on either side that would hate my decision, which is the way that everyday life is. And it's, it's not millions. It's just twos and fours and threes. And whenever I let you pressure me into what I'm supposed to do, I'm not, I want, want y'all to hear this carefully. I believe that you should get wise counsel. I just don't think everybody is your wise counsel. How should I choose my wise counsel, Pastor? A couple things. Number one, what do they gain by this advice that they're about to give me? Like, does this benefit them, and do they expect something in return? Because if they do, I will start the cycle of stuck and begin to do for them, hoping that they'll give to me in return. So if I tweet something out hoping that I get shares, likes, and Facebook, I don't know, all those different things. If I, if I do it only so that I hope you like it, and not because it's a conviction that God put in my heart that I just go, here it is. If y'all don't like it, I really don't care. I love you with the love of the Lord. Like when I put that selfie on today, I, I find it funny because my face is always close to the screen, but don't worry about it. But, <laughs> but I don't do it hoping it gets to 100. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. If it doesn't get 100, I'm taking it down. If it don't get six likes in six minutes, it's got to get a like a minute. I'm going to be honest with you. That's letting outside pressure control us. And it goes a lot deeper. And I'm just going to step on toes today and I'm not asking for permission. I get really frustrated when I hear people say this. I need to go see Aunt Ethel. I made that up. If y'all got an Aunt Ethel, praise God. <laughs> because I haven't seen her in two months. You don't want to see her. I could tell by, your by the way that you told me you didn't want to see her 
and you feel pressure. Why? Well, I just feel bad because I hadn't gone to see her. Who made you feel bad? I'm going to tell you when I want to go see Aunt Ethel, when I want to go see Aunt Ethel. <laughs> listen to me. I'm, t- I'm talking to somebody in here. Because listen, listen, listen. Most people, I'm not, I don't think this is half of you or a third of you. I think most people operate this way. Well, I just feel bad, so I need to do it. Here's what Paul said. Here's what Paul said about giving, about tithing. I believe tithing is a biblical principle, absolutely. But Paul said this, and it's on your um, offering envelopes in front of your chair. And this is why this has become a, a, a staple in our church, because I don't want you to give out of manipulation. Paul said, don't do it out of compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. It's impossible for you to give cheerfully if you're gritting your teeth. Or feeling like the only reason I need to do this is if I do this, God will give me something back. I'm going to preach next week's message message if I'm not careful. And I'm telling you, I know it's Labor Day, but y'all don't want to miss it because it is crazy what God gave me. But listen, I think the biggest problem that we have with God is we want God for what he can give us. He gave us everything on the cross. If that's not enough, then you got the wrong God. I'm just telling you. And by the way, he does give abundantly and freely above and beyond what we can ask or imagine. But if we do it to get, we're succumbing to outside pressures. It's the most frustrating, maddening thing. So why do we stay stuck, pastor? Because if I choose to be silent, now listen to me. If I choose to stay silent because I'm worried that I'll offend you, I better never open my mouth because I'm going to offend somebody. Somebody in here is offended right now. And I'm telling you this, not out of cockiness. I, I hope y'all hear my heart today. I don't concern myself if I'm, if I'm doing what God told me to do. Now, if I ever do it out of my own selfishness, then I'll sit there in bed and stay up at night. And some of y'all know that feeling. But if I do what God told me to do, I can be comfortable in my own skin enough to know that somebody's getting in the car afterwards and going, I didn't like that one. But I didn't sign up for you to like it. I signed up for God to be honored by it. And that's the point, y'all. So the first reason we stay stuck is we let outside pressures control us. And then look what Paul says as we continue. Don't tolerate people who try to run your life. My gosh, we should just, we could take up an offering right now, even though I just talked about it. Ordering you to bow and scrape, insisting that you join their obsessions. And this is something that I got to stop and hit on. Their obsessions is so interesting because here's the deal. Paul said this, God gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, preachers, and teachers to do the works of service for Christ Jesus. Like, like he gifted each person, and there's a bunch of different kinds of gifts. It's not just those five. A bunch of different gifts, I believe it's 23, listed in the New Testament. There's 23 different things that you guys are filled with. So I am very different than you in giftedness. I believe I'm gifted, but I also believe you are gifted. I believe that God looks at everybody, and it's next week's message again, so y'all just go with it and just forget it before next week. God is no respecter of persons, meaning he likes you like he likes me. He loves you like he loves me. He doesn't look up and go, Mark's the pastor. He gets the first hat, and then all of y'all get the second and third hats. No, in God's eyes, we are equal. We stand before him equal. But the minute that you're passionate about fill in the blank, it's because God's gifted you in that area. So when I begin to pressure you to do what I love to do, I'm my giftedness. This is not it. My giftedness is missions because I love it. Everybody's supposed to be on mission, but that doesn't mean that's my gift. 
Everybody's a soul winner, but that doesn't mean I'm evangelistically gifted. And so the person that's evangelistically gifted or mission gifted may love to go into a prison and minister in that prison. But when you tell me I'm bad when I don't, that's the crickets. Because number one, it's not your responsibility to keep up with my schedule. I'm supposed to manage my schedule. If I keep a schedule, list, 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 and I keep hour by hour, not to keep me organized, but to make sure that you're okay if you come in my office and check me, that's the wrong reason. And I'll never be comfortable being me if I always try to make sure that you like me. Some of y'all aren't going to, and a bunch of them aren't. And this place is not for everybody, but we must be resolute meaning secure and firm in what we believe, why we believe it, and knowing ourselves in Christ before we can make a difference out there. We're stuck. And this is a pressure point that all of us feel in our lives. I don't know if it's from your immediate family. I don't know if it's from your friends. And this is not about your job, by the way. If you go to your boss tomorrow morning and you've got a nine-to-five job and you say, you can't pressure me into doing my job, Hashtag pink slip, and that's on you. (laughs) So I'm not telling you not to do your job. This is your personal life. We just have to manage us, y'all. And we have to manage us from the perspective of in Christ, not in Mark. Because as soon as I go the other way and Christ is just a little sprinkle on the side, it ain't good. I can just tell y'all from experience, Mark is crazy. So ordering you to bow and scrape, insisting that you join their obsessions with angels and that you seek out visions. I love how the message words this, y'all. They're just hot air. That's all they are. 1 Corinthians 13 is not the chapter for weddings. It is the chapter that God is, it's such a great chapter in the Bible. We happen to use it for weddings sometimes, but it's love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. But it says, if I speak in the tongues of men but have not love, I'm a noisy gonger clanging cymbal. Let me give you the message translation. I'm hot air. I believe that's what people think about us, y'all. We got a lot to say about what they're doing wrong. But we don't bring the hope of glory to the, to the table. Can I tell y'all just my opinion? I mean, you can take it or you can throw it back. This is just an opinion. This isn't the Bible. My opinion about why people don't want Jesus right now is because we don't focus on being in the presence of God every day ourselves. We don't focus on who we are in Christ and how we can give that away. We focus on how we can fix them and to tell them how bad they are. Who wants that? Pastor, are you saying that it's never good to talk about sin? No, in here, we're going to talk about it. But out there, that's lost people like to like lost people. Why would I try to fix their bad and not show them their God? That was good. Preach it, Pastor. I found myself so many times getting frustrated in my circumstances and expressing myself in that frustration, operating from everybody else's priorities and expectations in my life, and I've cursed the people that God has called me to. And it's devastating. It's devastating to be a kingdom man or a kingdom woman and evaluate your life and go, the only reason I did what I just did is because I wanted something from them. But if I can be comfortable being me, I can stop all that crap. 
and throw it away and say no more. He said they're completely out of touch with the source of life. That's Christ in us. The source of life is not your job. I say this with love, but Leah's source of life is not Mark. I'm called to lead my house, but I am not the source of life, and I'm not even the source of income. Did y'all hear what I said? God gives to me. And if I provide for my family, then praise God, but it's him that's the source of life. And whenever I get that twisted, I'm going to get you twisted if you get me. And, and because we have this so off base that we can't even be comfortable with us, we can't manage our own selfish, we, try to, we, we want whatever it takes so that we can be comfortable with us to fix you. Whoever puts, to, uh, excuse me, who puts Christ, who puts us together in one piece, it was Colossians 1 that says he holds all things together. Whose very breath and blood flow through us. And if it's the blood flow that saved us and the breath that sustains us, I don't know about y'all, but the one thing that I know I need on this Sunday is not to preach a good message and it's not to get that smart water. It's that the breath of God flows through me today. And the only way that I can do that is if I prioritize my time with him and I understand that if I'm managing my selfie, I have to realize that it's him in me that holds me together, that no matter what you can give me, that's not it, that it's him, that it's him in me. Because he's the head and we are the body. And listen to me who we are. Every one of you that have trusted Jesus Christ are the body. I don't know what place in the body you are. And I'm not going to concern myself with that. One day we will. Today the concern is we are this, but he is this. And what we love to do. Who's that character that holds the pumpkin head? What, what is it? Y'all help me remember that. Who is it? Ichabod Crane, thank you. Instead of getting it wrong, I'm just going to ask. Come on, somebody. I feel like we are Ichabod Crane Christians that we love to hold the head on the side and hope that he'll come with us. Instead of letting the head be the head. And unless God is in the place that he should be in our lives and we function in Christ, we can't grow healthy in God as he nourishes us, as we're supposed to. And that is the calling of our lives. And so the second point is we tolerate traditions to avoid real change. We tolerate the things that we've always done. I, I'm telling y'all, if y'all want to hear one of my pet peeves, this is it. Why are y'all going to do that? We've always done it. <laughs> okay. Let me not be a jerk right now and figure out how to word this. Like I, when I'm in a meeting and I hear... Well, we, that's how we've always done it. Sweet. Okay. God, if you'll help my words in the next three minutes. Like, what? We don't need to stop doing this because it might make them mad. All right. But if it's right, then let's go. Change is always hard. Change is always, always, always. It doesn't matter. It costs somebody something. But you can never move out of the hamster wheel until you're willing to accept. Listen, I ain't I'm not talking about changing you. Until I'm willing to accept what I have to do in Christ to change. If I'm not willing to step, I'm staying. And because I tolerate, well, it's always been that way, I'm not willing to say, Christ, what would you have me do? Y'all, the innovators of this, of this country and of this world, the innovators were the ones that were willing to look out and look dumb 
Because the first time they did, and I don't know what the day is that you want to talk about, but, but all the great things that we get to enjoy today was from innovation, and that was people that were willing to stick their necks out and say, I'm willing to do something that everybody else thinks is dumb. But if you don't have personal conviction of who you are in Christ, you'll never have innovation, and you'll try to steal somebody else's idea and steal somebody else's thoughts and hope that you can get the credit, but it's their anointing and their life that you're trying to steal from. They don't need another them. We need another you, because God made you uniquely and wonderfully made. And if we can't be comfortable being us, we will be the counterfeit Christians that we already are. And it's killing us. Because I'm going to tell you who's got a gift on them and who's got innovation inside of them. Listen to what I'm telling you right now. And I believe this from the bottom of these big size 14 Jordan 12s and they are nice. Praise Jesus. That's where the anointing comes from. But from the bottom of these feet to the top of my head, this big old body of mine, I believe this. You are the one that's gifted. And you're the one that can be innovative. And I don't know the exact area of your innovation, and I don't know the exact area of your giftedness, but if you keep tolerating the tradition of what everybody's told you to do, and you can't be secure in Christ, you'll stay right where you are. And you'll wonder why this hamster wheel just keeps on keeping on. Number three. Starts in verse 20. It says, so then, if you're with Christ... You've put all this pretentious and infantile religion behind you because it's really the spirit of religion that is killing us. It's this cloud that hangs over our head because this battle we face is not flesh and blood, but the Bible says principalities and darkness. I believe it's religion in this area. I could take you to the Southwest and show you lust. I could take you to the Northwest and northeast and show you pride and high education and different things. But I believe down here, as much as anything, it's this right here. It's why we let ourselves be bullied, because we're afraid we'll offend somebody or we're afraid what will happen. And we go through life thinking, don't touch this, don't taste that, don't do this, don't do that. And our belief system has said, if you don't do these things, then God will be good with you. But if you do, God's mad at you. And if you operate in this thought... Well, if I go drink that, if I go think that, and if I go do that, God's not happy with me anymore, and I better back away. God's going to change your heart when he makes you new, and some of those things are certainly bad. However, if the only thing that I ever do is think about God is he's taking this list and checking it twice, and he's the big red Santa Claus up there mad at me or not mad at me, then I operate like this, and I stay stuck because I'm not comp confident and comfortable in Christ. He will change your heart. But you got to step out for the change. And if I think that it's only because of what I do or what he does, or, or excuse me, what I do for him or what I do from him and all this other stuff, and that's where I find my comfort and all that, I'm missing the whole point. And it's why I find myself stuck in my life so often. Don't taste this. Don't do this. Don't, 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 don't. And there's certainly guardrails, y'all. The law is beautiful. It's wonderful. We should never, ever, ever be disgusted by God's law. It is absolutely amazing if we look at it like we're supposed to, that, that my destiny is on the other side of this mountain, other side of this valley, other side of this thing that I got to go through, and God's law keeps me in a right relationship walking. But if I get over the guardrail sometimes, God is there to pull me back. He doesn't kick me to the side. And we operate out of these things, and then we start doing, doing this. I, well, I don't struggle with alcoholism, so, so you better not. And we start pointing fingers instead of living open, loving lives of, to God, to God. Where we look at people, 
And I'm not saying that we celebrate their sin. Listen to me carefully. I'm saying we celebrate the person in there that God can redeem and change. There's not one person out of 8 billion that God doesn't desire to bring to himself. And I'm glad six people like that. (laughs) Y'all, it's devastating because I'm going to say something really hard that I don't like. Because when I look at this group of people, I just, I feel sick in my stomach. But when that group last week and the KKK and those people that act so pretentious and ugly and gross and I'm telling you that God loves them. Now they're way off and they're wrong and we rebuke their actions. But God loves their people. They need a radical change. But I'm going to tell you who else did. Me. And I never stood and did nasty things in racism, but I stood and did nasty things in other areas. And if my religion will only let me love a certain number of people that don't do what I really hate, I'm stuck. Because here's the truth. The things here that are here today, they're gone tomorrow. And, and I love what he says right here. Is it really worth our attention to be focused on those kind of things? Such things sound impressive if said in a deep enough voice and said with enough posture and goodness and and they even give the illusion of being pious and humble and ascetic religious smart but they're just another way of showing off making ourselves look important and so the third thing that I had was we get so distracted by the lure somebody say lure by the trap of religion and the desire to be impressive important for to, to let everybody know how smart we are how good we are how religious we are And listen, this is the thing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. No matter if it's your parents or your friends or people out there or the people you work with, we can never operate healthy. We can never be healthy in Christ and operate out of, I wonder what they're going to think about the next thing I do. We have to start and be rooted in Christ and then let it operate from there because I'm telling you, he'll never leave you or forsake you. But he said, not me. They'll hate you if you walk in my name. And if no one's offended by anything that you say, I'm here to argue that maybe we ain't got nothing to say. Because if we say the name of Jesus, it's offensive because because people don't know him. The Bible says in the kingdom, brother will go against brother. This isn't the civil war. This is the kingdom war. But we don't have to go with guns. We have to go with God. And if I can't manage my own selfie, I'm going to continue to be frustrated trying to be impressive or make you like what I have to say. And I just love how he flips it around and finishes it. He said, then you've been raised in Christ. Seek the things that are above. Seek godly things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Everybody say, set your minds. Set your minds on Christ. How do I get stuck tomorrow morning when I start? Start with setting your mind on Christ. And at lunch, set your mind on Christ. And every time that you can think about it, set your mind on Christ. Be in an attitude of worship, setting your mind on Christ. This is about you and God. You will never be the father that you want to be if you're not managing your own selfie in Christ. You'll never be the husband and wife and partner and friend. You'll never be the coworker. You'll never be what you're supposed to be if you're worried about them and not Christ. So stop worrying about all that junk and set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. For you have died. Somebody say died. 
The old is gone and the new is come. You've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is in your life appears, then also you will appear with him in glory. And so I just want to close with this thought because I just love the wording of this. And I feel like it's really what we started with almost on accident. But God had a plan. See, the, the, the word wages means the salary that I earned. And the salary that I earned because of my actions, my life, is death. And that word death does not mean that I'm about to fall over and die. It means spiritual death for eternity. But the free gift, y'all say free gift, is God, excuse me, of God is eternal life. What does this say? Say it loud. That my eternity doesn't rest on what I do next. My eternity rests on one thing. Am I in Christ? Has he put himself in me because I received his love? It's all from, through, and by his love. It is nothing to do with what you did yesterday, what someone did to you. And when you operate uncomfortable, it's because you don't operate in your gift that is Christ. And then whatever comes out of that, you operate out of your guilt that is not Christ. And I'm telling you, let's throw that guilt away today and let's stand up together as one body, as one group of believers and say, I will begin to manage my own selfie. I'm going to walk out tomorrow and if they hate me, then let them hate me. But I'm going to love them in spite of that and I'm going to show them the conviction that I have from the Holy Spirit in Christ. I don't have to manipulate my way to unity in the body. I can love my brothers and sisters and God will bring unity to the body. But until we are comfortable being us, we'll always be frustrated with them. Always. Will y'all just stand with me today? If you need to trust Jesus as Savior, I just want you to walk to the back as we're singing this song. I want you to walk to the back as we're singing this song and tell somebody at the back wall, I need to be saved. And we give the same way every week. And I hope that after we finish worship, you'll be faithful to do exactly what God tells you to do. I'm going to let worship close us out today and I'm going to pray. And as soon as they're done, we're closed. But I just want you to know I love you. I'm thankful for you. And I can't wait to see what God does in you, in Christ. God, we love you and we just declare your fullness. We declare that this song is such a great way to end this service because it's only through the filling of the Holy Spirit and us being established and rooted in Christ that we can be comfortable in our own skin. So we declare freedom. We declare victory. Our chains are gone. And now fill us up, God, so we can go out, be poured out and filled up every day. It's in the name of Jesus that's above every name that we love you and we declare these things. And everybody said, amen.